Magnificent. You knew that thing was out here? I'm sorry for your man, Colonel. But if you want to make their sacrifice worthwhile, get us home with proof. Monsters exist. Your friend there can put that down. What the hell is this place? That's Kong. He's king around here. Kong's pretty good king. Keeps to himself mostly. Well, you don't go into someone's house and start dropping bombs unless you're picking a fight. Kong's god on the island, but the devils live below us. Listeners, you are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're a podcast that talks about horror movies, and this is a new one. We're going to talk about Kong Skull Island, which um, just came out last week. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we saw it individually, and some of this stuff felt familiar, <laughs> and some of it felt like maybe they were taking some crazy new chances. So mm-hmm. that's so... Who didn't get their 10 or 12 or $15 worth, right? Right, yeah. Like, all, all your special effects money was spent well, I think. <laughs> uh, we probably don't... Did you watch anything since last time? Yeah. What'd you watch? Uh, well, I, was, I watched uh, Dr. Faustus from 1967. Yeah? You, you know that story? I don't. It's a Christopher Marlowe play from the 16th century or something. But Dr. Faustus is this... Uh, you know, back back in the day, scientist, philosopher, magician was pretty much the same yeah. thing. But anyway, he he's he's a the scholar who who sells his soul to the devil in order to get worldly pleasures oh. and learning. And uh, and the, so uh, Mephistopheles pops up and uh, he gets twenty four years to do what he likes and has Mephistopheles at his bidding. And um, no kidding. Yeah, uh, and. Yeah, and, and his idea of the perfect woman, of course, is Elizabeth Taylor, and mm-hmm. um, uh, it's uh, so. Yeah, he, he did this as a play in Oxford, I think, and then him and his cast went to Rome oh. and did the movie to record it all. But it's uh, it's pretty interesting because it's got the um, uh, the photographers Gabo Bacani. Um, He's a lot of famous Italian director of photography. Uh, he, he shot um, Pink Floyd Live at Pompeii. Oh, nice! And uh, two women. But it, so it, the the movie is all these like bright colors. It looks like a Mario Bava movie, and it's kind of really stuffed with stuff. Yeah. And uh, so it's really good looking. And there's there's 
interesting special effects and things. Um, the uh, makeups by Gianetto De Rossi of Zombie. Oh yes, that gave us the famous maggot eyes yeah. zombie or uh, worm eyes zombie. I guess, yeah, I would guess. And the music's by Mario Nascimbene, who did um, One Million Years BC. Oh okay. Yeah, so there's this uh, cool bit where he, he he does the the conjuring. He goes out to the woods, which are mostly this like really cool backdrop painting. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and then there's this like skeleton hanging from a, you know, this, this, some old criminal has been hung at these crossroads, and so he's got this big magic circle around the woods, and he's like conjuring, and he's and he's he's like going, "Where are you? Where are you?" And uh, well, in very you know, flowery language. Yes. Um, like something the Frankenstein monster would say, in in, well, the, in the book. Yeah, you know, like even more old-fashioned, like <laughs> uh, very poetic uh, playwriting. Um, but, uh, yeah, but in, in the background, you've got the skeleton and, and you realize that the stuff is appearing on the skeleton, like it's recomposing. A la Hellraiser. Yeah. And then eventually he turns around and he goes, Wah! because it's like this gross, like, uh, you know, there's this decayed corpse with maggots just streaming oh, off it. Man. And he goes, uh, I don't want that. I want someone who looks like a, a friar. So right. and then the next next time he turns around, there's this like uh, Mephistopheles is this friar. Oh, all right. <laughs> so what year was this made? Sixty-seven. Uh, oh, okay. So they they had their work cut out for them with special effects, looking convincing. I would. Yeah, I think uh, when the when the corpse is coming back, it's like uh, mostly a painting, and then the final mouldering corpse thing is like a, a, you know makeup over a skeleton okay various drippy things uh but yeah it's it's got some good special effects in it there's there's several shots where they go into someone's eye or someone's you know some lens of some glasses or into a skeleton socket and then you see things inside the socket oh and there's like a a trip into hell of course and right various things yeah quite enjoyed that one all right here's another cultural icon for you thrashing thrashing have you heard of that one no is it like breaking yeah it's a 1986 skateboard movie oh so it is kind of like yeah. breaking. <laughs> i was joking but so it's uh stars josh brolin really who's like this really pretty teenage kid back then right and uh pamela gilly who married james lou oh wow who i did a film with and uh a very young Sherilyn fenn no kidding. Playing a terrible teenager. Obviously very pre-Twin Peaks. Yeah. And uh, there's an appearance by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Naturally. Right, doing yes. black, black-eyed blonde. Uh, yeah, the, the soundtrack is variable. It's like it's terrible late 80s sort yeah. of tinny yeah. guitars and things. But, you know, then you've got the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, uh, Devo, Circle Jerks. Oh, yeah. One point, uh, Josh Brolin's wearing a Susie and the Banshee T-shirt. Uh, White Sisters in it from Killer Party. No kidding! <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so it, it's basically um, uh, Romeo and Juliet. They've got uh, one bunch of skateboarders at the ramp locals, and then the other ones are the hook and the daggers. Oh. These punks and skateboards. Nice. <laughs> well, well, movie punks. Now, real quick, I have to say something about skaters in in the eighties. Uh, um, I had moved, well, my family had moved from uh, Chicago to Northern Idaho. 
And it was a culture shock, to say the least. And then, of course, as a few years went by, the 80s were happening everywhere, including northern Idaho. And I do remember these these little, I call them little kids, but they were probably 14, 15-year-olds at the time. And when they're two or three years younger than you, it just seems like children, you know, at that age. The, a year makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. And they started graffitiing on picnic tables and walls and windowsills and whatever. And they wanted to be called the psychotic skaters, but they were spelling it wrong. So they were the physcotic skaters. <laughs> and we'd be like, oh, look, here come the physcotic skaters. Everybody watch out. They're totally physcotic. <laughs> so that, so uh, I had to sidetrack with that real quick. Because, hey, oh, no, please. Yeah, because that's something that you, you just can't. You can't pass up on something like the physcotics because it was around that same time, you know, like everybody wanted to be a skater, a break dancer or have a metal band or. Yeah, they, they could have been band. support for the Haddonfield lovers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my, my friends and I wanted to have a garage band, but, you know, it's the trouble with musicians. You know, everybody can't be on the same page at the same time, it mm. seems. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you feel like you should cut your losses and quit wasting your time. Fame is really just out of reach, isn't it? <laughs> and all the fortune that goes with it. <laughs> so, anyway. So, what else? What else? Uh, I saw uh, Doctor Strange. Have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rented that one on uh, VOD and... Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I might have mentioned last episode um, that uh, they they stole all their special effects from Inception. Yeah, it's like, it like even more complicated than that, wasn't it? The, it was even more like, Inception-y. Like uh, the world is like spiraling. And right. All, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I I just really liked how they just went. They just rolled with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, just. Uh, did extremely weird things right if you're gonna be a bear be a grizzly yeah they, they went bananas with it yeah yeah uh, is the, uh scott derrickson directed uh, sinister yeah and Which uh, i finally saw about a month or two ago. yeah dead is just still uh yeah and um benedict cumberbatch is strange and dormammu mm-hmm. apparently benedict wong as wong yeah as emily pointed out how many movies have two benedicts right it's <laughs> yeah most movies can't handle two Benedicts. Yeah, uh, yes, we, re- we like the cast. Um, lots to juggle with, but it pulled it off. It was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved all those Isha scenes. And then the, saw The Arrival. Have you seen that one? Yes. Saw that um, pr- probably a month ago, maybe okay. maybe a little more. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different take on uh, Alien of... Uh, can't even call it invasion no alien arrival it's, it's, it's first contact and yeah 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 uh i find i find these like those movies like uh solaris in 2001 and close encounters and et first contact is always this religious experience sort right of, sort of thing but it but it would be wouldn't it? you know yeah you would be completely awestruck yeah it's uh you know knowing knowing for certain one way or another if we're alone or not it would just be profoundly changing but, um. the, the astrophysicists seem to all agree that there's a high likelihood that there's life on other planets yeah, statistically, yeah. is it intelligent life is it going to come mm-hmm. see us and they seem to agree that that's a lot less likely yeah it's like there's, there's no um with our current knowledge of 
physics, there's no way of travel, right? Or feasible travel between that far a distance, right? You know, you'd have to have generations of creatures being raised and somehow fueling this craft and yeah. steering it toward us for millions of years or whatever mm-hmm. it would take. Or maybe wormholes would be the way to do it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it seems like there's got to be some way. So. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of feel disappointed when movies have like this amazing science fiction concept, but then they just go with the, it's all about family or, you know. Right. Yeah. They, they, they uh, slug away with the lunk-headed military thing for long mm-hmm. enough. Like, nope, we're shutting it down. We're going to bomb them. You know, like, yeah. you know, it's not that hard to believe on one level, but mm-hmm. are we sick of seeing it? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of tired of that. But, um, yeah, it, it just boils down to if she's going to have a baby or not. Yeah. This is, you know, first contact is the story here. I, I, I was hoping. But anyway. Uh, spectacular stuff in it oh yeah um yeah uh soundtrack was really good yes um same director as sicario and blade runner the next blade runner movie is there a release date you've heard about on the next blade runner um i i just saw that it was dated for this year yeah but hopefully uh it'll knock our collective socks off yeah (laughs) um yeah, uh, really good images in it. So yeah, pretty enjoyed that one. Yeah, the visuals with the with the with the creatures and the way they were uh, writing or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, you know, making their language visible. I thought that was some of the best looking stuff I've seen in years. Yeah, and, and they kept it simple. These things were kind of reaching out of the mist, you know, out of the fog, sort mm-hmm. of. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Now that um, that's a good transition into you probably saw the same previews i saw when you went and saw kong skull mm-hmm. island and real quick what i what i watched since last time a few episodes of futurama that's all i was okay. able to <laughs> squeeze in you know that's something i could watch that's 20 minutes long you know without commercials because i'm watching it on netflix uh, anyway so uh when you saw kong skull island did you see the preview for that movie life they, they get something from Mars and they start growing it on the What's ship. The preview for that? I don't think so, no. Oh, okay. How so, about... I saw Ghost in the Shell. Yes. Chips. Yeah, that looked like it's going to actually <laughs> be funny. A... Really? <laughs> well, here's the thing about that. Is the show in its time was a little bit cheeky, but mostly took itself seriously mm. on some level. I mean, it knew it was... A primetime drama slash sort of comedy. But I think this one is just taking it and going, let's just be stupid. <laughs> and it looks like it's just going to be goofy and stupid. Mm. And, and sometimes that's... If I'm going to watch a comedy, it's got to be one of two things. It's either <laughs> got to be ridiculous or it's got to be smart. And anything that doesn't hit either of those marks, I, I don't want it. Right. And this one looks like it's going to just be stupid and silly. Okay. Uh, and that a trailer for Power Rangers, yeah, as well, which I don't think I'll see. How about that new Alien movie? Did you see the trailer for that? Yeah, yeah there's not enough different in it, really. 
I'm watching that and, and uh, I see the ship and I went, that's the ship from Alien. Why is that Again. in a preview? <laughs> it's like, oh, because we're seeing another Alien movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, you didn't realize it was Alien? No. Okay. At first I thought, oh, what are the, you know, because I think they already showed the preview to that movie Life where they're growing this tissue and it's a Martian based thing and uh yeah that looks like it's the green slime yeah again it does the blob which i I don't mind right but this uh but this preview starts out and i thought okay well what other science fictiony thing are they going to show us and then as it goes along i went oh that's the ship now why why are we seeing that oh okay so they're they're remaking alien clearly because it looks like they're doing a lot of the same stuff as the original alien from 79 and uh and then, of course, uh, at some point you're realizing there's enough different to where I'm not certain this is a reboot. It, it's more, it's following uh, Prometheus, I think. Oh, is it? Okay. So, it's all tied into the same yeah. mythos. And uh, the uh, the xenomorph um, trying to break a window with its forehead, that's about damn time, i got to say. I, it's like, when's it going to use that big, thick forehead for something? <laughs> it's so good. Why, why didn't it just spit on that thing's yeah, all you acid? Do, all you got to do is just kind of go, guess what I can do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. And I'm in. That's true. So... Uh, what else did they show? Uh, I don't remember any other trailers that they showed that I was stoked about, but I did see a, a poster in the lobby for the next uh, Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, yeah. It just says war. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like Caesar again. There was one called Geostorm, which is another uh, like disaster movie. Hmm. Geostorm. Yeah, I can't remember all the trailers. Yeah, there were a bunch. I mean, that's you've got to build that into your time. If you look at the runtime of a movie and it's an hour and a half or two hours, you have to tack on another 20 minutes for just the trailers. Yeah. And then you're all surprised when it starts. <laughs> right. They were still showing the stupid stuff when I was messaging you and you're like, put your damn phone away. <laughs> no, I wasn't being that guy. I, I, I absolutely like, oh, before this even gets close to starting. I have to let Julian know. I'm seeing this right now. Cool. So, uh, what did you think of Kong Skull Island? Let's talk about the movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it overall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, from uh, from a scale of zero to Shakespeare, where do you put this <laughs> as far as literary importance or uh, well, cinematic? compared to Kong movies, I like the original best of course yeah uh, i think i like the peter jackson one better because uh, skull I, I love the skull island in that one yeah the tribe too and the the how kong was done as well right um yeah and it was scarier yeah the, 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 those those two movies were much scarier like for this one which is like kong plus apocalypse now plus yeah the land that time forgot it was you know you it should have been scarier i don't know whether they watered it down for maybe general yeah. audiences but was it a pg movie i can't remember what the rating was yeah you. it felt pg there was a time when there was like one f-bomb right 
It was the, it was the best spoken SAS guy I'd have ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say one bad word. Right. Yeah, I think a real SAS guy would definitely have a different mm-hmm. way about him. Yeah. So so overall, though, you, I mean, when you look at when you look at a giant gorilla movie, and we're talking from 1933 King Kong through 2005 Peter Jackson King Kong, everything that's happened in between, including the Japanese movies, um, you know, one thing that seems consistent is there's the discovery of the giant thing, mm-hmm. and then. You know, this giant gorilla goes on a rampage. Uh, yeah, falls for a woman. Yep, falls for a woman along the way and then uh, has to be stopped. And goes up something high. Yep, yeah, hopefully, you know, or in this case is something high. <laughs> it doesn't have much higher it can go. <laughs> but yeah, maybe like, he can lean on the Empire State or something. Right, like, you know, he could use it to scratch his chin yeah. or something. Uh, but look, you know, looking at all of those movies, I felt, I always felt, uh, a special connection to the original 1933 movie mm-hmm. because I was a small child when I saw it and it blew my mind. Yeah. It was like, this is a giant gorilla. I think gorillas are great already. And here's a giant one mm. and he can do anything except survive the, you know, climb up the building and the fight with the planes. Um, Peter Jackson, I think really took it and ran with it. I mean, it looked visually amazing and, uh, you know, it, it hit all the notes it was supposed to as far as making us feel certain ways about certain things. And then the horrible feeling at the end when mm. they kill the giant gorilla. Uh, at least, and this is something I, I wrote down when I got home, uh, it seems like the giant um, battle royale with uh, the, toward the beginning with the gorilla and the inexplicable 12 helicopters uh, <laughs> that came off of the boat that had four uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about that, but uh, this big this big uh, battle between him and the helicopters felt like the the big get even mm. for every yeah. King Kong movie where right. they ever shot him down. Yeah, I, I could watch two hours of that. Yeah, <laughs> swatting those guys down. And and I think I mentioned on the drive over that even uh, even though it was in a preview, I was still surprised by the palm tree being thrown through the windshield of the first mm-hmm. helicopter mm-hmm. the first time you see Kong after the World War II sequence. Yeah, I mean, seeing it on the big screen as well with all the sound and... And you saw 3D. Yeah. So it it, it was in your lap. Right. <laughs> in tree to the face. <laughs> right. Uh, what else did you... Okay, so you said you, you noticed a few more things other than the uh, multiplying helicopters? Uh, well... A big one for me was uh, when they land on the beach in the World War Two scene. Uh-huh. There's no storm. Oh. I could see. Oh, yeah, because they said this island is... Because that's a big deal. It is, this Skull Island is surrounded by a wall of storm. That never goes away. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's something I'll look for on a rewatch. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go and see it again because it's really worth seeing on the big screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, the initial scene, you got the screaming, flailing guy falling out of the sky. You're yes. Like, it's such a cold open. You're like, I don't even know what's going on. There's a screaming guy falling. <laughs> Clearly uh, from the sky. Yeah. That was kind of like, um, there's a movie called Hell in the Pacific, where it's Toshiro Mifune and uh, I think it's Lee Marvin. Oh, wow. Where they're in World War Two and they get washed up on the same island and they have to get on with each other. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 
Um, Mafune is one of my well, he's my favorite samurai, obviously. Yeah. He's he, he's got to he's got to be everybody's favorite samurai, right? It's like Clint Eastwood's your favorite cowboy. You know, that's just how it is. He's the dude. Yeah. Uh, what else? Other than the clear blue skies surrounding the should be stormy island. Um. Well, some some of the military hardware and um, the uniforms and gear was a little off. The computers, I think, were a little more advanced. Like there were the seismic reading. Uh, I don't think they had that stuff back then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that had more than one color on a screen that was actually showing something that looked three-dimensional. And And I wasn't sure about her camera as well. Yeah, I wasn't either. Um, um, her viewfinder. Well, it, or she, mean, she she's got this camera and she's taking a long exposure of these the this aurora borealis sort of thing. Yeah. And how's that going to come out? Yeah, not sure. I mean, she wasn't on a tripod with it. Yeah, so. that's moving lights. It's just going to be a blur. Right. So you have to count on your audience not having an idea about this at all, I guess, when you're making this movie. Yeah. And 95 to 99% of people watching aren't going to catch any of that. I mean, I wouldn't point out, like, niggling details like that otherwise, but this is a movie where you've got these creatures which are realized down to the molecule. Yeah. I mean, you can... And the camera can go in and in and in on their eyes, and you can just see every little fleck in the... Right. moisture in their eyes and yeah. every hair of fur and they pay so much attention to it you know but you can't spend five minutes researching what camera do and don't yeah. do <laughs> right um how about samuel l jackson's character captain james conrad or i'm uh, sorry lieutenant um, colonel preston packard preston packard was him yeah uh, tom hiddleston was the other guy uh the part where uh, he's having a conversation with a young lady and he says, bitch, please. Um, <laughs> Is that no one was saying old? No one was yeah. saying that back then. And some of the humor, like uh, when when uh, uh, Lieutenant Marlowe is saying, I call them the skull crawlers. Yeah. And, and then you've got Hiddleston and, and uh, Larson doing this kind of sarcastic response to it. Uh. I just felt a little too... Yeah, like that. That's probably not what they would do. Mm. Yeah, there's there are certain um, not just slang, uh, but, you know, certain intonations and expressions that that you kind of know when they showed up. Mm -hmm. You know, like have you ever watched an episode of Friends? No. Okay. so there's this character named Chandler and he'll be like, could you be any more blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's like. Pre that show, people didn't say that and didn't say it that way. And so if you ever show a flashback and it's something in the 1970s or 80s and there's a character who goes, could you be any more blah, blah, blah? It would be like, no, that's not right. Because I know when that showed up, it was in the 90s and it was on Friends and no one ever talked that way before that. (laughs) So don't, you know, like it's like having someone talk like a surfer dude in a 50s movie or a flashback to the 50s. It just wouldn't be. You know, maybe early surfers talked similarly, but, mm. you know. Yeah, surf speak didn't go nationwide. And, you know, when, when, would, when would you say that would be? Mid-60s. When people were saying, dude. Yeah, I would say it started in the mid-60s and it was kind of um, 
more known by the late 60s, mm. but I'd say as far as people in landlocked states uh, trying to talk like surfers, that that was definitely the mid-80s. Right. And so uh, when you're making a movie and you want to make something accurate to its time, obviously you wouldn't... Uh, you wouldn't want to be dropping things from the present into the past and expecting people to not notice. Mm. Well, we, we should mention um, we are missing a friend. We're, we're missing Will because he wanted to see uh, Get Out, mm. and uh, there was some miscommunication, so he had not seen Skull Island, Kong Skull Island. Mm. So, there's, okay. so there's that. Uh, but he's fine as far as we know. As far as we know, he's fine. Uh you know, he could have been abducted. <laughs> we we would have nothing to do with it, and we don't know anything about it. You'll have to talk to our lawyers. Um, but yeah, so Will isn't here with us. And if if this is your first time listening, there's another guy usually here. <laughs> so once in a while, it's uh, you know someone's sick or um, unavailable, and if two of us can do a show, we will. And here we are, Kong Skull Island. Um, <laughs> Some super cool things, you know, okay, again, we don't want to nitpick a movie, even though, like you said, if they're going to be able to zoom in on, you know, flakes of dandruff on a, on a gorilla, they should at least know for sure what camera would be doing what and why. And, um, but some cool stuff. Uh, I thought the, the opening sequence was great, um, because it looked like, it looked like, uh, like Mobius or one of these artists from like the heavy metal magazine, the, the illustrated magazine from the eighties. Um, a lot of it felt like that to me, that opening sequence, just the way it was shot, the way it felt. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. It was a good way to just drop you into the movie and make you wonder what the hell's going on. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, the photographer in this is Larry Fong. Okay. And what do we know him from? Uh, Zack Snyder films. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah, some beautiful shots in this. And uh, some other cool stuff when they're flying in the helicopters. And you think of like um, Flight of the Valkyries should be playing on those big speakers. <laughs> but Black Sabbath yeah, is playing. Was it, is it Paranoid? Yeah. 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 So you're hearing Paranoid. Right. <laughs> which is great. Uh, and then uh, when they had that big 50 caliber machine gun mounted on that Triceratops skull, <laughs> that was pretty badass. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like, what do they do? Go back in uh, time and talk to us when we were 13 and ask us, what would be really cool? What would yeah. be bitching? This, is, this film is so nerdy. There's so many references in it. And uh, yeah. Anything that you think um, a lot of people would miss? Um, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. The guy that got speared uh, yeah. with the spider foot or whatever. Right. Spider leg. Um, that definitely felt like a reference. Uh, you can't have King Kong fighting some tentacle creature without thinking of um, King Kong versus Godzilla, where he fights a giant octopus. Right. And there's a giant squid in this one. I like that he that he ate it at the end. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, did you notice the reference to? Of course, you noticed uh, when he finishes off the the big one, the big skull crawler at the end when he rips the jaw oh, yeah, open. Oh, it's good. It's good. Pull the jaw apart, yeah. Yeah, that, he always does that, and he. Yeah, that's his move. <laughs> it's his signature move. Um, uh, he gets caught in chains like he does in the thirty-three yep. movie. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was surprised he didn't do more whipping with the chains. Right. 
I was thinking he's going to start swinging those around. Well, I around. think they're introducing that because they're showing that he's smart and he can use weapons. Right. And that's going to have to come in when he fights Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, because that's going to be more than a match to see that fight. Yeah. Um, on uh, Apocalypse Now is based on Heart of Darkness. And yeah. So you, in, in this movie, you've got a character named Conrad. Right. And uh, you've got a character named Marlo. Okay. So they're both references to that Heart of Darkness. Um, was there a Kurtz in there anywhere? <laughs> no. Not like, and no, I, I was expecting someone to say the horror, the horror at some point, but no. Nobody did. Yeah, Heart of Darkness was this uh, story from 1899, which is like an anti-colonial story where, where uh, Marlo goes downriver and africa and finds this character named kurtz uh who's gotten out of control so apocalypse now is pretty much that story and yeah it f- sounds like it follows it pretty closely yeah uh, so um yeah so as far as um the carnage in this movie um we we didn't miss the military guys terribly right we, <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't show you people actually being chewed on or right yeah that that cannibal holocaust bit is about as gory as it gets right um yeah you do see that guy who's kind of mostly in silhouette where he gets his arms snapped off yeah yeah by one of the whatever you call those birds right the bitey birds yeah <laughs> they carry him away and snip his arm off yeah so i i, I wonder if there's like a harder cut that's going to come out because uh this isn't near as scary as the previous well uh, the peter jackson one the guy gets his head eaten by one of those giant bugs oh yeah that's the pretty gross spider valley sequence yeah yeah, yeah. the original one had stuff in it that's just so scary that they cut it yeah and supposedly lost for all time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so you got like uh callbacks to earlier movies like um samuel jackson says hold on to your butts I did catch that too. Same as Jurassic Park. Yeah, I leaned over and said, that's that line from Jurassic Park. I always say that to the dogs whenever I have to corner kind of sharp. <laughs> um, they don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> they just look at me. Uh, what else is that? Oh, um, you see you've got this Lieutenant Hank Marlowe guy. He, he's the surviving pilot from World War II, and he's played by John C. Riley. Yes. So he has this jacket, and it has good for your health on the back yeah uh and this is modeled on canada's jacket from akira oh which says um good for health okay and uh and coincidentally john c Riley played the character in tim and eric who says for your health oh okay catchphrase and the jacket has a patch for uh lizard um lizard company which is a reference back to Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver, who has a patch saying King Kong Company. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, also, Marlowe refers to these whistling giant ants. Yeah. Name that movie. Whistling giant ants. I'm not sure. Them. Is it, is it them? Yeah. Did, I guess they did make kind of a whistling sound. So that's from 54. That's, so that's another military versus monsters movie. Right. 
Uh, yeah, and, and of course he's named after Charles Marlowe from Heart of Darkness. Yes. Um, the Japanese pilot is played by Miyavi, a.k.a. Takamasa Ishihara. Uh-huh. And his character name is Gunpei Ikari, which literally translate as Commander Anger. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I, I'm surprised that uh, that they tried to make us believe that John C. Riley's character was going to grasp that samurai sword by the mm-hmm. blade. Your fingers oh, would come off. Yeah, yeah. I totally squirmed when that happened. Yeah. I thought, oh, they're going to show us his e. fingers come off. <laughs> Ooh. It's like, no, you, that, that wouldn't happen. No, you've lost your hand if you... Yeah, grab an actual samurai blade. There, there were a lot of different ways they could have done that. Where and he shouldn't have had a, a wooden uh, scabbard for it either. Correct. Yeah, I noticed that, and um, his uh, his uh, tanto being serrated on one edge is that normal? Yeah. I didn't think so either. Yeah, and that would be the dagger of the three. So you've got the katana, the wakazashi, and the and the tanto. Yeah, the tanto is the short shortest yeah. one. Yeah, it's basically a dagger. Um. I wondered if Senator Willis was named after Willis O'Brien. Probably, I would assume. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay attention and and give a nod to the roots of all of this, you know, if if there's a a Willis and O'Brien or a Harryhausen in there anywhere, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, Harryhausen would be a bit on the nose, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Uh, but if there's a Ray or mm-hmm. a Harryhausen or an O'Brien or anything like that, you could just be like, yeah, that they're, they're, you know. <laughs> That's our stop motion guys. I mean, Willis O'Brien obviously would be the right one mm. uh, to give props to. But uh, I looked at the names of the ships in that the ship graveyard. Oh, okay. Um, but because uh, the the one in King Kong is the Venture. Okay. But I didn't see, I didn't see it. I didn't, didn't see a Venture it. in there. Uh, there's one called the Wanderer in huh. there. Uh, but that's not from the Kong movies. I wonder if these are just old doo-wop bands from the fifties. The, well, the, the Wanderer was the last slave ship in America. Oh, okay. So I wondered if that was to tie in with the, because you have this, uh, you know, you always wonder how they're going to handle the, the locals. Yeah. In the Kong movies. Yes. So in the new one, they're actually depicted as being more advanced. Right. Like ethically than. Yeah, like they're not just a bunch of savages who are going to you know, poke you with spears. Yeah, they actually seem like more decent, the most decent people in the on the island. Probably, yeah. The the uh, tribe on um, on Skull Island in the two thousand five Peter Jackson remake were scary. Yeah, they were just straight up scary. Well, they were conceived as a as a degenerate tribe who'd like washed up on the on the shores and they're just clinging to the rocks outside of the wall. Yeah. And then the wall and all those ruins are built by this civilization that was there 2,000 years previously. Oh, okay. So, the yeah, the, the tribe that's there in that movie are, are just, uh, they're stuck there and they, they've been, uh, you know, the, the, the gene pool is getting smaller. Right. They sacrifice their women every year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're getting worse and worse. <laughs> that makes more sense now. Um, yeah. Uh and of course, this, this is like the military versus like prehistoric creatures. Yeah. Uh, so that that goes back to, um, oh, that, that goes way back, but the, the famous one is uh, The Land That Time Forgot, yeah. Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, I mean, there, there were previous like modern man military versus dinosaur stories, but uh, that, that's, the, that's the most famous one I know. Right. Um, 
So that came out in 1918, and that was filmed in 75 by Amicus, and then there was a version in 2009 filmed by Asylum, okay. which I've not bothered with. I haven't either. Uh, and then there was this DC comic called The War That Time Forgot, which came out in 1960 and ran for eight years. I oh, think. okay. Written by Robert Kaniger, and art by Ross Andrew and hmm. uh, Joe Kubert. Um, yeah, so, so that's more... That, 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 that one, there's like uh, soldiers from all different times who get mixed together in the same area and there's dinosaurs and things. Right. Yeah. Um, the raft that Marlowe builds, he calls the Grey Fox. Yeah. Which is a character in Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Which is uh, the director's next movie. Okay. Jordan Vogt Roberts. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. V-O-G-T yeah. dash Roberts. Yeah, Vote. Vote. Yeah. Vote Roberts, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, Hollow Earth thing. Um, so that's another Burroughs story. You know, yeah. Pellucidar and At the Earth's Core and all that. Um, but that, that's that's pretty universal, that myth. Yeah. So you, you've got like uh, you know, myths in this country and you um, in Ireland and yeah. all, all over the place. There's, there's stories about people who've gone underground and civilizations that are underground. That could come springing out any time. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the uh, you know, uh, Edmund Halley, who charted the comet, yeah. Uh, so in 1692, he proposed that the Earth was composed of concentric shells, and each has its own atmosphere, and the atmosphere is luminous. Huh. And then when the atmospheres leak out onto our surface, uh, that creates the aurora borealis. Huh. So I was wondering if they knew that when they were writing this, and that's why you have that aurora right. effect. Because you wouldn't... You wouldn't see something like that in the South Pacific, I don't think. No. You know, there's a phenomenon known as St. Elmo's fire. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's just like flickering around the right. rigging. Right. And that's the only thing I could think of that would be even close because the northern lights are, hey, get this, northern. <laughs> <laughs> They're not south of the equator or near the equator. So, yeah, that was kind of weird, like... But I guess we're supposed to believe this place has its own weather yeah, system. It generates its own magnetic fields and things. Yeah, so why not? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, that was interesting. And did you stick around through the credits? I didn't. And of course, <sighs> I read up on that and, uh, and I said, okay, so I, I missed the petroglyphs or the uh, cave paintings yeah. and, and the Godzilla roar. Mm hmm. Was it the classic one? Yeah. It, well, it's the one they used in the previous the American movie. So you recognize it, of course. Yeah. When you hear it. Oh, man. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, normally I do with newer movies stick around because mm -hmm. it's like they're going to they're gonna get you with something after the credits. Yeah, especially these franchise ones. Yeah. They're like, uh, guess which X-Man is going to be next <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> guess which Spider-Man villain is going to mm -hmm. come after him. Yeah. They're going to clone Spider-Man and it's going to be the Spider-Men. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It would be Spider-Mans. 
I got a, I got a few opinions on that at Comic Con. I was like, so what is it? <laughs> Spider Man or Spider Man? Yeah, you have one. You want you have one Batman. What's the plural? <laughs> and uh, the consensus seemed to be Batman's. Hmm. But I don't know. We don't need to get into that again. <laughs> so you you stuck around. You you normally do watch the yeah credits anyway. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I I like to respect the credits and the people who made the movie did it and uh uh and you know how else are you gonna hear the soundtrack and yeah with that many speakers going yeah hear it out of course yeah there are i usually do it it all kind of depends on um what's waiting what's what's next and i Mm -hmm. had to feed the dogs and i knew this either feed them too early and leave them home closed up or make them wait, feed them after. And I know like every minute counts, at least in their world. They're probably napping the whole time. I'm an idiot. I should have just stayed and watched. <laughs> so uh, uh, as far as the music went, was there, did you know anything about? Uh, it's Henry Jackman. Yeah. What do we know Henry from? I don't know. I, I didn't really, it didn't really register with me. Yeah. Uh um, I I love the soundtracks and the 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 Jackman and the the first Kong, uh-huh. uh, Max Steiner score. Yeah, uh, and I think it was, was it James Newton Howard did the Jackman one. I'm not sure. And then John Barry did the '76 one. Yeah. Do you like the '76 one? Do you have you watched it lately? I have not because I I have not seen it in at least ten years. 15 years now because of the twin towers oh yeah yeah it's it's kind I don't of know if i could it's kind of know, tough i'm not being able to get back to it yeah i but it's a, it's a good soundtrack i've you know i've played that but um yeah i've not watched the film again i kind of want to go back and, and rewatch it because it's it's trying to do a modern take in you know in the mid 70s mm-hmm. it's trying to do a modern take on yeah, the I enjoyed old story it, yeah and uh the one thing I do remember about it was, yeah, they're basically there for oil. And this is what they're all mm-hmm. about. And when they discover that it, quote unquote, isn't done cooking yet. <laughs> and it's like, well, in terms of geology, it's not that long, but about 3,000 years yeah. or whatever they say. You know, I think it's Jeff Bridges' character mm-hmm. and uh, his pre, pre-Lebowski bearded characters. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course... Uh, you know, the the cast looks great. Everything's cool. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of thinking... J- Jessica Lange. Yeah, Jessica Lange was great. Um, I'm just kind of wondering, like, how does it hold up? I haven't watched it in probably right. at least 10 years myself. I kind of want to go back to it. Yeah. I don't know if they have that one on Blu-ray or not. But Don't think so, no. I would at least get a DVD of I've it. I've got the DVD. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, trying to find one specific movie. Like, I was actually going to rewatch that last night. Like, right away... Mm. I was going to watch that one because I have the 2005 one. Yeah, I've got all the official Kong movies yeah. and, and a few more besides. That, that aren't actually Kong? Oh, no. Kong Some of them are Kong. There's things like uh, Ape, right. A-P-E, and uh, the Mighty Peking Man and things like right. that. That are clearly ripoffs. Uh, and there's, yeah, uh, Ape is just, I found that one pretty dull. It was Ape but King Ma- Kong. Mighty Peking Peking man, man is a uh, really fun. Is it just uh, it's uh, is it just bad like silly? Or is it are they making a sincere effort? That's what I always. I wanted. think they're trying. Um, 
I mean, I mean, you can probably find things to laugh at, but I, I, I don't know. I remember enjoying that one. It's, it's not always the focus. It doesn't always have to be. Uh, another good one is Shikari, as an Indian one, where it's like uh, most of it's an adventure movie. Okay. And eventually they, they get far enough into the wilderness and they, they, they discover Kong. Oh. Uh, there's one I haven't seen, uh, which is Bangala King Kong, which is a Pakistani. Okay incredibly low budget one i've not gotten around to that one yet hmm. um if you're looking into indian king kong movies uh you have to watch out because uh sometimes king kong refers to this hero a human hero oh uh he's played by this wrestler actor um because because king kong himself is named after a actual king in uh siam okay ancient siam and um, so it, it's it's an actual name, but uh, yeah. So there's there's those movies as well. Okay. Um, and and uh, Emily's uh, uncle is in King Kong Lives. Really? Yeah, he's one of the surgeons. Oh, how cool! <laughs> wow. You just have like, would that be two degrees of separation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From King Kong himself. Yeah, he's he's the one who like. Uh, he makes the big announcement about the surgery at the start. Oh, cool. I'll have to watch that. What's his name? <sighs> I forget. Uncle. Mm, I, can't, I can't remember his name right now. We just call him Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I'll have to go back and watch that. Um, that's sort of... That, that whole thing kind of reminds me of like the Bruce Lee exploitation movies. Like, mm. So these are like Kong exploitation movies, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we don't own the property, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the 76 one, it had such a huge, long publicity campaign yeah. that it gave plenty of time for the people to make their cheap versions yeah. and cash in on the publicity before it came out. Yeah, it, so mockbusters sort of right. in their day. Yeah. It's like, oh, good, another Kong movie. <laughs> well, it's not quite as good as the other ones, but no. you knock yourself out. <laughs> So what is your what is your um, your take on where they're going with this? Do you do you have an idea? Like, is, is this just going to be like they're going to take this franchise fan, franchise and run with it? Is yeah. So it's the next next one is King Kong vs Godzilla. Right, and they've made round, no secret about round that. two. Yeah, and then uh, if the can, can, should I spoil the ending bit? Um, I would say. Uh, I didn't say at the beginning that we're going to spoil the movie, but um, if anybody wants to skip forward a minute, go ahead. Right. So go so, ahead. So at the end, you see cave paintings, and you've got Mothra, Rodan, Godzilla, King Ghidra. Right. And then the, and then there's like a one cave picture of all of them together, and it kind of looks like a still from Invasion of the Astro Monster. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... What what might happen is, like the pilots at the start of this movie, Godzilla and King Kong will meet and fight and then team up. Oh, okay. Sort of kind of Marvel team up sort of thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> fight King Ghidra. That makes sense. That might be what happens. And the director would also like to do um, more about the the what happened with the pilots in between World War Two and 1973. That would be interesting, I suppose, on some level. Like, uh, what was their day-to-day life like? 
uh, how old was the uh, the Japanese soldier when he died? Yeah, I should say pilot, but uh, right. we know he's buried there. How how long did he make it? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of exciting though if you think about it. Like, uh, if the next movie is anywhere near as exciting and fun as this one, mm. great, keep making them. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, look at all the other crap they make. <laughs> <laughs> this was fun. Like I said, start to finish, all your all your uh, money for your ticket was well spent on special effects. Right, right. Um, yeah, and it's not. Uh, there's like um, there's dinosaur skeletons in it. Like you got that Triceratops when they yeah. stick the machine gun on. Yeah. But apart from that, they wanted to get away from dinosaurs because they're so familiar now from Jurassic Park and all that. Yeah, they wanted to invent that new one. Yeah. So, so apparently when, when they were working on the creatures designs, they came up with this water buffalo and it's got this kind of, it's like this nature god sort of thing. Yeah, it's covered with moss. And, it, it, uh, and so it's like a creature, like one of those forest spirits in uh, Princess Mononoke. Okay. And so that that's that became their cue for how they were going to treat the creatures. So they, they'd all be gods. Yes. Uh, so... Kong is, I mean, I mean, we call him a gorilla, but he's he's this, he he's a Kong. Right. <laughs> it's a species to its own. Yeah, it's some anthropomorphic. Yeah, it's gorilla. This, it's this like, uh, you know, he stands erect and. Yeah, he's bipedal. Uh, he's he's clever. Yeah. There's a, a lot going on there. Right. That's not a gorilla. The 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 2005 King Kong was definitely a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. They, Base that one off the silverback. Yeah, because he, he the way he moves, the way he runs, his expressions. And um, yeah, the actors who played the, the stop motion actors. Yeah, the mo- uh, the mocap. Right. So you got Andy Serkis as right. the previous Kong, I think. Uh, Better known as Gollum. Right. Oh, he's so good at Gollum, isn't he? But I, I thought, yeah, his, his performance as Kong was really amazing as well. I mean, he, he's he's the Lon Chaney of the CG. Oh yeah, generation. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, he, you can, oh yeah so so kong in this one the motion capture actor is terry notary okay and him and circus are in planet of the apes so um uh notary plays rocket oh okay in the ape series i'll have to uh i'll have to watch for that to see like <laughs> can i see a similarity but uh he, he was in warcraft as well not his first rodeo right yeah tony toby kebble no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. T- Terry Notary. Sorry. Yeah. Terry Notary. Yeah, Toby Cable plays Major Jack Chapman. Okay. So when you get to these um, these movies that where you're on an island and it's got its own rules, basically, there's, mm. you know, creatures can be anything. It could be uh, some mixture of something you've never seen before and a dinosaur, all this stuff. Can we say this is a horror movie? Because, you know, we're a horror movie podcast. Hmm. Um, is this a nature run amok movie? And right. is a nature run amok movie a horror movie? I mean, yeah. what, how do you define? Like, if you're putting your DVDs... I think they are in a broad... I, 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 think, I think movies like this are more like fantasy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you know, there's the stuff with monsters and horrible things happen. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't if I wouldn't think of it as a horror movie generally. Yeah, now Jaws is a horror movie by most people's mm-hmm. accounts. Yeah, 
and that's really just nature run amok. That's a, a shark that not only is bigger than normal, but it also seems to be more um, more of a thinking... Yeah, there's no... It's not an adventure structure. They don't go exploring and encounter a creature. Right. It, the creature is hunting. Yeah. It comes into our world and yeah. hunts us. And that makes all the difference, mm. I think. So, yeah, Nature Run Amok, I've always kind of felt like, could go either way. I could either consider it a horror movie or not. And how I divide up my movie collection doesn't mean anything to anyone but me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and young people these days, they don't even collect movies. It's like, that's a digital <laughs> file. What are you talking about? You can't, you can't have a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? <laughs> because if you don't, <laughs> it could get deleted. Yep. And that's going to... Something's going to happen someday where everybody's files get wiped out. Oh, yeah. It already has with uh, some some services. They've withdrawn films and people are like, huh. I paid money for that. I used to have that movie. Right. Why don't I get to keep that? Well, because it's not really yours. <laughs> and if you don't have a tangible thing, then the imaginary thing can, you know, go away pretty quickly. <laughs> but Yeah, I do consider... Uh, I do consider the King Kong movies to be sort of at least one foot into the world of a horror movie. Yeah. Mm. It would it would be pretty horrifying if a giant gorilla was stomping on you. Oh, that's another one. That that great stomp that happened kind of toward the beginning. <laughs> Did that remind you of Godzilla versus Bambi? Right. <laughs> yeah, but even less explicit. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't actually see anybody getting squashed. You just see the foot come down. Right. All right, if you the 33 one, the I mean, they they did cut it out for several decades, but uh, you know, people actually get bitten. Oh yeah, they get chewed on. Oh yeah, and crushed, and you'd see it. Yeah, you see little legs kicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> whenever whenever you do stop motion, you gotta have the little kicking man getting eaten. I don't know if they really actually did that in the thirty three King Kong. I feel like there was a guy who got. Yeah, he he, he does. Uh, he like tears down this tower in the village and and steps on some people. Yeah, and then picks up some people and bites them. Yeah, that's right. You ever see those old circus posters for Gargantua? <laughs> there was a supposedly gigantic gorilla that was in the Ringling Brothers circus. Okay. And uh, I'll have to show you. There's one where he's grabbing some tribesmen, some guy with like a feathered headdress and a mm-hmm. leopard spotted loincloth or something and he's swinging him above his head you know like gonna smash him on the ground he's like this large gorilla and so i would have to look that up i would assume that was post king kong but those were i don't know because like the gorilla was one of the monsters of the day back in the you know 20s and the 30s oh yeah plays with plays movies with gorillas with a I think uh, it must have been, you know, all the exploration films coming back and showing wildlife. Yeah, that would make sense. And, and like gorillas were thought of as savage brutes. Yeah, even though they generally are not. No. They're capable of a lot that hopefully they, they won't do to you. But, mm. you know, when they end up shooting one at a zoo because some idiot parent lets their <laughs> idiot kid climb into a habitat, mm. it's like, um, maybe shoot the mom next time. Yeah. <laughs> Let the gorilla go. <laughs> I mean, yes, I have an opinion about this. If you're such a bad parent that your kid gets into a habitat at a zoo, mm-hmm. 
You shouldn't be a parent. Yeah, that should be a mandatory vasectomy for. Right. <laughs> you shouldn't be reproducing anymore, and that kid should go to some responsible parents. But yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like if you if you see a gorilla at a zoo, just the sheer power that you can you can see how big their muscles are, oh, yeah. how they're built. And here at the Denver Zoo, they there was one guy who would be kind of working with the crowd outside of the glass, and um, he shows you a golf ball that's just been squashed and torn. And he's like, yeah, the gorilla can do that with his fingers. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I could do that with a vice. <laughs> right. You know, and he, well, a fully grown chimpanzee can tear your arm off. Yeah, and then beat you with it. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually they will. And then they'll start speaking. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it. And Charlton Heston will be... He'll be kneeling on the sand, pounding his fist, going, but her emails. When, when, when does the first Planet of the Apes take place? What's the timeline on that? Uh, I, I don't know what year it's supposed to be. When they take off from Earth, you mean? Yeah. Well, I know the movie was, what, 68? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be set in, in their future. But... Uh, yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah. Well, we've already—I can't remember. A bunch of dates have come and gone in history of uh, movies. We've had the Back to the Future date. Um, what else have we had that's come and gone? Uh, Hal from two thousand one. Just certain computers going online. I think Alien has come and gone. Has it? Uh, maybe not. Maybe the. I don't think so. Maybe the year they left. I'm trying to remember. Because maybe yeah. that one's 2037. Right. So we're coming up on... So next year's Rollerball. Oh, cool. And then uh, and then the year after that is Blade Runner, isn't it? Oh, that's right. Blade Runner's coming up soon. Maybe that's why they're working on this, uh, this uh, remake, this reboot, whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Blade Runner 2049, I think. All right. I'm going to Google this real quick and just ask... Um, when is Planet of the Apes set? I like this complete history. Oh, Planet of the Apes timeline. There we go. Okay. Let's see. Oh, they didn't. They weren't that ambitious. Um, Taylor, Dodge, Stewart, and Landon uh, are launched on their first interstellar exploration flight in 1972. Really? Yeah. And then. Uh, Let's see. Um, also, later that year, um, astronauts Skipper and Brent, and possibly two others, are launched along the same flight path as the previous vessel to probe its unexplained disappearance from detection. Hmm. And that's on the California coast. Um, and then 1973 is when the first capsule reappears mysteriously within nearby space. It lands off the California coast, and that's, of course, when we uh, see that it's piloted by Cornelius, Zira, and Milo, which is pretty badass, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, it goes on, you know, to other movies, but that's your basic idea, mm. is that they were thinking that in 1968, that it was only four years from 
interstellar travel or whatever. Right. <laughs> you bet. Okay. It's 2017. We don't even have a damn hover car yet. Uh, do you feel like we covered it pretty well? Yeah. All right. We even stuck a foot into the world of Planet of the Apes, which uh, I'll go see every one of those movies. I don't care. I'll just. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm really a, good. always a big fan. Right. Uh, if, if you've got talking gorillas or giant gorillas, hey, if you want to make the giant ones talk, that's cool, too. I'm all right with it. <laughs> Planet of the Giant Apes. <laughs> hey, there's an idea. <laughs> all right. Um well, we'll figure out what we're doing next time, and hopefully we'll let you know somehow. But uh, uh, this was great. Go see it. If for some reason you're letting us talk about it and and you haven't seen this movie, go see it. If you've seen it, you probably want to see it again. Mm. That's a big recommend for me anyway. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. Bye.